Welcome to Family Money Coaching, where we prepare couples financially for adoption and fertility. My name is Laura Coleman, and I'm your financial coach. Today, we'll be discussing our 401ks. It is our greatest asset. Should we borrow from it to pay for the hopes and dreams that we have of adopting or going through fertility, or should we leave it alone? I'll be discussing why we shouldn't use our 401k to pay for adoption and fertility, and why. Stay tuned. Our money has different functions. We have our regular monthly bills, our personal spending, emergency funds, goals such as adoption and fertility, and retirement. Each category has a different function. Our regular monthly bills go into the checking account and then right back out again to pay the rent, mortgage, our utilities, car payment, and insurance, just to name a few. Our personal spending goes into a separate savings account, or you could look into proactive budgeting. Um, they're an app that helps you spend money with intention, and it allows you to also use a debit card. I really am impressed with them. I met them at FinCon. You don't want your run to Starbucks to cause your mortgage check to bounce. Your emergency fund is for true emergencies like the car breaking down or your three-year-old checking a sippy cup at a TV. That cost us $1,000 last week. So thankful for our emergency fund. Or maybe you need an airplane ticket to go to a funeral. This is an emergency, something you can't plan for, but that you need to plan for. Our goals are what allow us to live our life with intention and purpose. They are the meaning behind life, the passion that we need to say we have purpose. When we decided to do fertility after a year marriage, I set up a savings account and I named it baby. I was relentless in saving money into that account. I, I didn't neglect our other goals of vacation because vacation is really, really a need for me. But it takes planning and discussing together as a couple as to where your money should go. Then the last category is our retirement money, which is your 401k traditional or Roth IRAs, 403B, but this is for retirement purposes. This money is for your future use. When you're in your 59 and a half and older, we need to keep our pots of money separate in order for our goals to be accomplished. If you're borrowing your personal spending money from your regular money monthly bills, you could run the risk of overdraft fees. If you borrowed money, vacation money from your emergency account, you wouldn't have the money to pay for the alternator to be replaced in your car. If you borrow money from your 401 to pay for your goals, then your quality of life and retirement will not be what you want it to be. So now that we know that we have different reasons for our money, let's look at how explicit and implicit opportunity costs affect our decision whether or not to borrow from our 401k. So explicit means you chose to spend $17,500 on fertility instead of going to buy a new car. Or maybe you would have spent it on adoption rather than fertility or planning for retirement. So you make a trade-off with explicit explicit opportunity because of what is important to you. Explicit opportunity is what you could have done with that money if you had chosen not to do fertility. Implicit means a loss of potential income and interest. I met a young man, he was 25 when he left his employer and he cashed in his $25,000 401k. He had used that money to live on, to pay off some debt and to go on a trip. And it, he really didn't get $25,000 because he paid taxes on that money. And then he also had to pay a 10% penalty. When I was talking to him, I showed him that his trade-off was what he lost on the future value of that money. So we went to my favorite calculator of all times, which is Zen Wealth's time value of money calculator. And I showed him that his $25,000 could grow at 7% for 40 years, and it would have been worth $374,000 
$361. I saw the look on his face as it fell to this stunned expression. I could totally tell he was sick to his stomach. I knew he had not thought about that future value of that money when he cashed in his 401k. And you know, the sad thing is, is that he's not alone. I googled how to cash in my 401k after I leave my job and I got 7.4 million hits. That means people want to know how to do it. They don't understand the implicit opportunity costs that they're losing if they do cash it in. The implicit costs can also be intangible costs. They're not easily accounted for, such as the emotional aspects of being successful at getting pregnant. Hope is definitely something to consider, but you don't want hope to be mingled with gambling. We personally ended up spending $35,000 on fertility procedure. And my money personality is a, a saver security, and I get seriously stressed out when I spend money. But do I regret spending $35,000? No, absolutely not. Our trade-off was that we spent money on something we valued, which was seeking to have a family. We continued to contribute to our retirement accounts during that phase. We, we did not borrow that from our retirement account. For me, if we had never attempted IVF because of the money, could we have felt that we were true to our, our values? No. No, we, we spent money where it was important. So now that we've talked about the not borrowing from the different pots of money, the implicit and explicit opportunity costs, let's now consider the tax efficiency of borrowing from your 401k to use the funds towards fertility or adoption. Loans are repaid with after-tax dollars. In other words, someone in the 25% tax bracket would need to earn $125 to repay $100 of the loan. If you're unable to repay a 401k loan or break the rules of the loan terms, I really don't need to remind you to be sure to read the fine print on the loan papers. But in addition to reducing your retirement savings, the loan will be treated as taxable income in the year you are unable to pay. A 10% early distribution tax is executed on the taxable amount if you're younger than age 59 and a half. For example, if you leave your employer at age 40 and cannot pay your outstanding loan balance of $25,000, you will have to include $25,000 in your taxable income for the year and pay a $250 early distribution tax. Most people think, oh, I'm going to be with my employer until I retire. The truth is we don't know if that employer will downsize and suddenly leave with you, you without a job. You also don't know if your, cha- your health will change and you need to stop working full time. I've often thought, oh man, if only I had a crystal ball to see the future, but we don't have one do we? So we need to understand the consequences of the decisions that we could make. I had a client, he was on the edge of his tax bracket. And when he left his employer, he had to include his loan balance into his income. And that tipped him up into the next tax bracket for that year. The difference was thousands of dollars. He still complains about it four years later. I saw him two weeks ago and he was still talking about it. Are you also aware that the IRS only allows you to withdraw 50% of your vested balance. They also limit a participant's plan loans to a total of $50,000 or half of the participant's vested balance, whichever is smaller. And generally, repayments must occur within five years with interest that the participant pays to himself. If you're going to borrow this money from your 401k, you're just determined that this is what you're going to do. You need to make sure that you can afford to repay that 401k loan. And that needs to be a part of your spending plan. I've heard many clients tell me, well, I'm borrowing for myself and the interest rate is cheaper than if I got a personal loan. Well, that's true that the interest is cheaper than if you had borrowed from a traditional bank. 
However, you're forgetting about that implicit opportunity cost that we talked about earlier. That is so key, knowing what that money could have been worth if you had left it there. And also, we don't raid our 401k to pay for our goals. Each category of money is designed specifically for that. We have our checking for our regular monthly bills. We have a savings for our personal spending account. We have a savings for our emergency fund. We have a savings for our goals. And then we have a savings for our retirement accounts. All separate and we live with intention and purpose. There are more ways to fund your fertility and adoption than rating from your 401k. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to previous podcasts, then I really encourage you to go listen to Zeke and Shanna Arter, Melinda Simmons and Lauren Hahn, how they talked about adopting debt-free. And then the Arters and Lauren both started adoption grants for couples to help them with the financial aspect. And I'm, I know that Lauren Hahn, the Hope for One Ministries, just recently gave away their first adoption grant. I want you to use your 401k as it was meant to be for retirement. Thank you for listening to Family Money Coaching's podcast as we prepare couples financially for adoption and fertility. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on next time when we discuss the love and money curriculum. We learn a better way to talk about money, a focus on communication. This is just a little excerpt from the lesson. This is Jesse's story. Tony and I didn't talk a whole lot about money before we were married, but we definitely talk about it now and not in a good way. Tony talks about it every time I overspend, but what he doesn't realize is that I'm not spending it on myself. I'm spending it on groceries for the family and stuff for the house. I may spend more to get high quality clothes that will last. And yes, I may buy some extra things for our home here and there, but Tony also makes extra purchases and I never question his spending. Every time we try to talk about this, we just end up arguing. So don't forget to subscribe and share our podcast with your friends on social media. I look forward to next week.